The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. All right, we're going. We're going. Sweet. Well, today, this is episode two. Um, We're here with Yuki. Yuki and I have been friends, what, since 2017? Maybe... Maybe January 2017, I, w- I want to say. Which seems Some, so long ago now. Are you sure it was January? Because didn't we... We we did that song. Uh, I have no idea. Maybe it was like eh, who knows, late man. 2016. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, it's it's been a while. It's it's great. Like, it seems like it's been a while, but it also feels like I'm still getting to know you in certain ways. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah. Get all romantic and stuff. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Uh no this this episode is gonna be more leaning towards talking about Yuki's latest album Be Free. Yes. Um, I personally got to watch a little bit, just not really watch in person, but like over Facetime, Yuki would call me as he was making the album and give me updates on stuff. And now that it's finally a full thing, it's nice that we can talk about it without not having to worry about like giving away any spoilers or anything yeah um yeah i would i would just call connor and be like yo what's up how have you been he'd be like oh i'm really good and be like all right well listen to these six demos out loud and give me your reaction so i can see if you don't like them or not that was pretty much uh apart from you like actually contributing to the album that was like he was like my uh, my feedback man <laughs> you know my my youtube reaction privately yeah, the best way I could describe Yuki is he, like, when he has an idea, he's like a little kid that just had way too much caffeine. Yeah. And is just knocking on, like, an extremely loud, like, he's the type of person that would just start banging on the desk with a pencil doing, like, the drum beat. <laughs> yeah, but, I I feed off of um people's reactions. I, I'm, like, I will catch myself... Like showing someone a movie that I've already watched, and like I'll stare at them, waiting for them to react to the part I want them to react to. It's pretty bad, but it's also pretty cool. Um, but <laughs> it's fun. I remember sometimes during Be Free, like since the time zones are different, it'd be like probably one or two a.m. for me, and I'd be in bed half asleep, and Yuki would call me, super energetic, and be like. Dude, I need you to get up right now and go to your monitors and listen to this demo. Yes. <laughs> it's 2 a.m., dude. Me and man, we're going to do it for be free. <laughs> yeah. But good memories, though. There was a lot of um, emailing and, and me waiting, like, fuck, is he going to like this? Does, is anyone going to like this? That pretty much sums up the album process for me. Is like, I mean, I made like 60, 70, 80 songs and only 10 made it. Um, so there was a lot of like playing and, and feedback, especially with I, you. I can, um, truly say that he indeed did make 70 to 80 songs because I was going through, you know, on your phone, mm-hmm. how you have the files thing that's hooked up to your iCloud. Oh yeah. So like the messages, like attachments. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, like the, like, um, I don't know how to describe it. Basically, it's a little it's like a separate app off of the text though. It's where you keep audio files. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I was my phone was I was just talking about <laughs> in the last episode, like my computer running out of space, but my phone was running out of space and I was like, what the hell is taking up all the space 
and I went into my files and it was just all the Yuki's demos <laughs> stacked up. There's like, I think like 30 of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be like that. It's all good though. I'm the same way. That's, I think that's like one th- main thing I learned from you being friends with you and just watching things is when we first met, I was, I was on the verge of just kind of figuring out what kind of artist I wanted to be. And I feel Mm. like that's always evolving, of course. But at the time, I was super lost. I had no idea what I was doing with music. Mm -hmm. Like, no direction, no creative direction. That's the right word. And um, when I met you, seeing you have so much direction Mm -hmm. at, like, someone my age having that direction without, like, a team around them really inspired me because I watched you make Misunderstood and... You just had it laid out so organized. Like, Mm. it was chaotic because you were working so hard, and that's just how you are. Like, you make a ton of stuff at once. Yeah. And you knock it out all at once. Like, you go chip away at the songs. And Mm. um, watching that inspired me. And now I think it rubbed off on me because now I have a similar workflow where it's like, let me just stack up all these ideas and demos and just chip away at the best ones till I think they're an actual song. Yeah, like let the um, let the project become its own thing. Like let don't stress so much. Like okay, what are the songs going to be? What's going to be the intro? Blah blah blah. Just like make stuff till you feel like you can't make it anymore, and then the the ones that you really like and come back to will, will like push in front of others. I guess. Yeah. And you you have a really um super specific vision for things too. Like um I remember like you're super picky about <laughs> the way people sing, specifically me. Yes. And and I don't don't worry, I don't take offense by it. Like it okay, okay. it actually taught me a lot about my voice and like what works and what doesn't. Cause I remember um I forgot which song we were doing when we first met. But I sent this one version, and you're like, can you do that, but sing it less grungy? <laughs> I, I, like, I cannot remember this, but this definitely sounds like me. <laughs> and Which I is like, also like, I, I, I have to apologize, because I feel like I my voice sucks sometimes. Like, it's only over B-Free that I've found, like, what I think I would need to sound like on, like, a record. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know, man. For me, it's, yeah, like, cadences and performance. Yes. Um, you're super specific about what you want and i think that's a good thing hmm. thank you um like of course as artists it can be frustrating at the time like say me and you are working on something for days on end and mm. like i forgot which song we're working on but you wanted me to say you wanted me to say something in a specific way like a certain word oh, and i just I think, kept yeah. I kept saying it in a different way and I couldn't hear what you were saying and we finally mm. got it, but it was driving me nuts. I'm like, what <laughs> does he want? <laughs> was it for Be Free or Misunderstood? I don't know. Because with Be Free, it was a lot more different. Because I, like, of course, I have, like, I think, like, two sound bites on it. I but, mean, um, but it could have been, um, there was that song Sirens where you did the bridge on with me. Maybe it was that. Um, I think so. Oh, yeah, it was because there was this last chord. It was like these, um, the chords were really cool at that part, I remember. For all everybody listening, Yuki had this song called Sirens that he was making. And it was one of the songs that got cut. But mm. he, he asked me, I, I believe it was for the bridge. Yeah, right? it was a bridge, yeah. He asked me to, he wrote the part in the melody. He just wanted me to sing it. And it was these really cool, like, descending chords for the bridge. And I think that was the moment where it was going to resolve the bridge. Yeah, yeah. And it was super cool, but I kept missing a chord. Like, the way he <laughs> wanted my melody to be on the specific chord, I kept singing it different. And it was driving him nuts, but it was pretty uh, funny. I think I was like, yeah, this is tight, but, like, the, the <laughs> last chord is not it. Like... That's how that's how Yuki starts. That's how I know if he doesn't like something or not. I'll send it to him and be like, "This is cool." Yeah, but this is cool. But like, this is actually is it cool? Well, no, because yeah. that's not entirely true. Like, I I'll have like uh, things to critique, but I I won't even give someone my time 
if I just hate the idea. Like, mm-hmm. um, like I feel like for me, if I want someone to improve something, it has to be an idea that I think that can be improved and I already like. like there's no point trying more on something that's trashed, in my opinion. Like if it's yeah. lost, which I, I, I never feel like with anything you've sent me, so that's good. I appreciate it, even though there has been some things in the past that I look back on like, oh, I should 100% not sent that to Yuki. Dude, but, um, I, I have that all the time. I'm it's like, okay, though. Um, in the past like week, me playing music in front of like certain people has just made me scrap like an entire project. Because um, of their reactions? Yeah, and just like make people making different music. Hmm. Um, it would, it's like sometimes I feel like... Um, I'm like going into this room full of like James Blake's and like really like sophisticated musicians. And I'm just like fucking Skrillex sometimes <laughs> like fucking sucks. But now I, 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 this isn't even me trying to like jack you off or anything, but, um, I truly believe you are like, you're not the sound of James Blake, but just kind of as like a thing, like of the James Blake, like, which probably means more sophisticated musicians. I truly believe you are one of those people now. Oh, thank you. I I think it was more like stylistically what my approach was to like the music. And it's hard to like, um, like obviously there's no music that's like better or worse. It's all subjective, but stylistically people have views. Like if I make a really catchy, but like simple trap song, if I'm trying to show it to people that are making like, fucking mm. rhapsodies it doesn't really feel good i i definitely see i 100 percent know how that feels because um like for me the type of music that i make is more of like a um it's more like a sad ambient tone and showing mm-hmm. that to certain people that like brighter music with more chaos in it yeah sometimes i can tell they it's like I've come to terms now that I'm getting older. It's just like, it's okay if people don't like the music. Mm. But when I was first starting and I'd show people stuff and they weren't getting it, it just ruined my day. Yeah. Yeah. I I get that. It's just like, um, you have to understand that it's like nothing personal. Like there's so many terrible, like artists that I think are terrible that are like popular as fuck. And you can be mad at it, and I often do get mad at it. But um, it, okay, to like to to steer the point back a bit more, it's like we have put out songs that people love, but we think really suck and are embarrassed by. But mm-hmm. people like it. it's all just like what they like. Everyone's ears are different, you know. So um, it, it's like hard as a musician not to let opinions and like reactions um phase you but there is at the very end of the day it has to be like okay am i happy putting this out like is this is this me being presented yes and i think something i've noticed i don't know i don't know much about like the new zealand scene and how it actually works Mm. because of course like i'm in america but just witnessing like the people in your scene, it's definitely a more cutthroat thing there. Like, yeah, people are a lot more blunt with what they're saying. Like, they're not afraid to show you that they don't like something. And <laughs> yeah, they that's not a shot at anybody. I've just it's just an observation of no. It's kind of like I agree. I agree. It's like it's kind of like going from L.A. to New York. Like the attitude difference. Well, like in America, people are. Um afraid to hurt other people's feelings i think like Mm -hmm. whereas in new zealand we don't want to hurt people's feelings but like the culture and how we talk is like we're super chill so we don't really expect a re like a reaction or what we're saying to have like a super negative connotation attached to it like people just say it yeah i've noticed it and when i first met everybody there i was like damn these guys are these guys are just blunt about it. Like they don't, they don't, they don't hide it. But then as I've started kind of doing my own thing and just trying to figure out myself and just kind of realize I just want to make music that makes me happy. 
it, I realized how much that helped me meeting those people because it made me, as we were saying, like, if someone doesn't like your stuff, now you just take it to the chin. It's just like, yeah. oh, well, you, you're going to hear a lot of no's. But um, yeah, thousand yeah. percent. Yeah. So I'm super grateful that I got to witness that because I think everybody needs to have that happen in order to have like that thing in their heart that tells them to stick to an idea. Yeah, of course. I'm I'm also grateful for like the American music influence. Um I think um like uh, especially like Hollywood musicians like have definitely inspired me to like be a bit crazier and out there and just like m- like making bad demos and crazy stuff that's like too ambitious is so good in my opinion cuz mm-hmm. it it sort of helps uh it like gives you a ceiling of like, okay, like this is what I can and can't do right now. So I'm gonna find the middle ground that's like I'm pushing myself, but I'm also confident in it. And I think American musicians, um, well the ones that I like anyway, um, are really good at identifying strengths and weaknesses and um like hitting that sweet point. I like someone that I would like use in, as an example would be like JPEG Mafia. Which yes. I know that we we, we both love him. Mm-hmm. So like big big fan. Yeah. So it's like it's like you were saying, like the bluntness of New Zealand helping you like be secure in your own ideas, like the the open mindedness of Americans combined with that. It's like okay, I can try a bunch of different stuff, but um, is it still like my idea? Mm-hmm. How can and- I turn it into my idea? I think that's a good way to like segue into the sound of be free because mm. of course like I I know your intentions with it but people who are listening probably don't so mm. um it be free is a more experimental approach but it's a sweet experimental approach mm. which yeah usually yeah. usually um when people hear the word experimental, they always just go to like more abrasive or gross in your face and yeah, like gritty. Yeah. Yeah. Your approach was a lot different. And I want, I was wondering like, um, one, what, what was the first time you noticed you wanted to go in that approach? Was it a specific demo you made where you tried something Mm -hmm. or was it just an idea that kept lingering around? You're like, okay, I'm going to finally do this. Well, so I was working on an EP um, before I worked with Jaden um, on Iris, mm-hmm. and it, I always feel like, damn, my songs are like so unlistenable. Like I want to make chill music, which I, I don't really, you know, care for much now. Like that mindset. <laughs> but I was making a bunch of honestly boring songs to me, and I wanted to go crazier. Obviously, working on Iris and doing like the heavy metal, punk rock, and then like super distorted trap stuff. I was like, um, this is cool. Like, I want to see how far I can take it. And a lot of the early demos were like really like, all right, I'm going to make super random weird uh, decisions when making these songs. Um, Like a bunch of tempo changing and like key changes and super weird sounds. And I was like, well, I know um, I can keep this up, but. I'm going to come with the same problem again, which is like, I want to make chill music to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so for an example, um, my friend was showing me Iridescence by Brockhampton when it came out and, you know, huge inspirations of growing up like in high school, whatever. Um, and I was like, this is cool. But like, I, I, a lot of the stuff here, and this isn't anything against Brockhampton, just like that album is like, I don't like, like, this doesn't sound nice to me. Like, I, I reckon mm-hmm. it's sick. Like, it's technically really well done, but this isn't the experimental that I personally like. Um, I like moments. And um, um, my friend was telling me, like, yeah, honestly, I listen to songs for, like, five, like, I, I listen to two minutes of a song just for, like, one five-second part. That's why I come back. And I was like, damn, that that is really true. So... I want it to be all right. Th- like the experimental parts are going to be those five seconds, but to make them memorable, they have to be accessible and nice sounding. So 
um, naturally, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to take these ideas that I had, the experimental ones, sort of make them a little bit pulled back. Um, a lot of, I think the the sweet element definitely comes from like the guitars on the album. There's actually a lot of mm-hmm. guitar that I didn't really intentionally do. Um, but it was finding the the sweet spot because it is definitely in your face, like an experimental album, but it's not jarring or harsh. It's like subtle things that you feel rather than like, Oh, all right. This is like a really ugly synth tone for no reason. You know? Yeah. I, I think you bringing up the guitars. Um, I, as you know, I, I'm a sucker for melancholy, like pretty guitars. Yeah. And I remember this it was at least the first thing that i heard where the guitars were really standing out was when you sent me the first demo of mask off Mm, yeah and i remember hearing the guitars on that and the way you approached it and i was like i've never heard yuki go this route like i've never had yuki's songs made me it like was the first time it gave me like a like a pull at the gut and it was just the guitar sounds like you're this the stuff on um misunderstood made me super uplifted and like like wanted to move around but when you sent me a mask off something about the guitar like it it gave me that feeling in my stomach and i was like i think this guitar tone is the approach yeah and then i slowly watched you incorporate that throughout the album i was like thank god he did that because that's (laughs) yeah my favorite things about it and that was definitely like um not so much just like playing the guitar but um this was the first time that I put this much effort into songs naturally. Um, and that was definitely inspired by like Vampire Weekend, hands down. Um, Father of the Bride just came out. And I was like, damn, like there's so much subtle layering and it's so nicely done. I want to go in and spend two hours playing the guitar, like really well recorded and line it up and, and get all the vocals in sync and like really take the time to every, every time I close the session, I know that it's organized stuff like that. Um, Cause I think on misunderstood, I would have an idea and it would be like a few loose ends or like ideas that weren't fully done, but I was happy with it at the time. Whereas mm-hmm. for, for be free, I wanted to be more um, attentive to like, all right, this is um, where it is right now. And we're going to spend the next day taking it even further and we'll clean out the section and make sure it flows really well. Like I definitely put more effort into individual songs than I ever have in a really uh, quick manner too. I think like I made mask off. So I can't talk now and drama queen and be free all in a month. I think. Mm-hmm. I remember but, that. Yeah. Good run. <laughs> Good run of songs. It, that was ridiculous. Um, and oh, another tone to talk about on the album that I think is something i've definitely thought about a lot is uh the drum sounds like yes i i don't i know you guys like live tracked a lot of the drums Mm -hmm. but like whatever you did for those sounds like they're some (laughs) of the best drum sounds i've ever heard like uh thank you i was listening to a um i was listening to kevin parker talk about drum sounds and how he spends like days trying to get the right sound of each drum thing because he's apparently like originally a drummer yeah yeah makes sense. and i was listening to your album and I, like i think your album like has some of the best drum sounds i've heard in a long time thank you that that was um that was a lot of different things um i think it's like what the drums are incorporated into a lot of the production on b3 is like um, it goes like really heavy and thick, like a uh, new kind of war. It's really thick um, and like weighty. Same with be free. But then there's like intentionally really like hollow moments, like no 808s, like drama queen and, and like the verses or mask off. Um, so th- it was that. And I was like, okay, I want drum sounds, but like I want these drum sounds to hit as hard as like the, the programmed kick, you know? So Mm-hmm. That was like, all right, the best drummer I know is James Thorrington, hands down. He's amazing. He did all the drums in the album. Um, I wanted to get them recorded because I originally they were recorded in James's like garage. Um, mm. 
and they sounded like shit. Um, to was be, there a lot of like ambience and stuff that was getting tracked in? Yeah, and it was only room? one like overhead mic, so I was like, okay, let's just um get a day in a in like the actual studio, um get all of us together and like get live bass recorded really nicely, get guitar, get keys, get piano, whatever, and drums, um, and that was really good, and then. Um, what am I saying? That's really good. That helped that how the quality <laughs> a lot. Uh, and James Rim uh, mixed all the drums. And he, you know, we experimented with pitching it down to make it heavier and like doing a bunch of technical mumbo jumbo. I don't know. He, he did it all. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm really stoked. I think um, the reason the drums stand out it's because they stand out in the mix like there's not a moment on b3 where i think the live drums are subtle like i want mm-hmm. to really like not like like use the gimmick you know like oh sick like live drums on a hip-hop song i want it to be like in your face like oh shit what was that you know and the thing i think that makes them so good is they sound like they're meant to be there rather than yeah. being being forced to yeah, be it, there it's not forced like it's not it's not like a genre thing like, oh, let's add live drums to this rap song. It's like the world in the song, it makes sense. Like it, it doesn't not make sense to have live drums here, you know? Yeah, it they're ridiculous. And as you're saying about the mixing, um, I was wondering, because the mixing has a very specific sound. Mm-hmm. It's I, I don't know how to describe it but it's super specific and I was wondering how you guys came upon an agreement on that sound. Was it just references you had Mm. that you sent him or was it just like you guys were doing say like mix one, he sent you back and then throughout the tweaks, it just happened to come upon that sound. Mm, There's there's a number of things. Um, One thing James mentioned was not over mixing. Like I remember the first mix i got would have been b3 and it sounded like um the mix just sounded like a hip-hop song it was really weird i was like damn okay this is not this is not it um and james sort of learned to to just get everything organized and let um just not do as much work as he would usually do but do the stuff that i can't make up for you know like i send bounces pretty much everything like the balancing is all right but there's just some technical stuff that i can't control so that's that's where he would step in um another thing that had a big effect is recording quality so on the lamb was recorded on like a handheld drum mic really bad quality but because i did that i ended up making the song harsh and distorted and and stuff like that and that um oh shit that (laughs) makes it like what it is like that's why it's so rough because this mic made it sound like shit so james i didn't tell james okay try restore it to as clean as possible i was just like well it's distorted make it more distorted you know um smart all all stylistic things um and i think also a lot of uh um feedback from me like we i think at least spent uh like an average of 10 mixes per song with a bunch of notes, just me being crazy, uh, over analytical. Um, that's important though, because, um, critical, I know I say analytical, but yeah, it's like, as I've been mixing for people recently and they always apologize to me when they have like more mixed notes after we're on like the third version. Yeah. And I always tell them like, please don't hold back on the notes because, at the end of the day, this is your song. Yeah. And the worst, like the last thing you want when you put out a song is to regret any of the steps, even if it's like mixing, mastering, tracking, like that stuff that maybe a mainstream audience wouldn't normally hear. That stuff almost, that is equally important. Well, it's like mix for me is just as important as all the other things that go into world uh, building like um production style you know drum sounds vocal chains like that was all really important but if it doesn't sound like it's meant to go together like what's the point um i think 
um example of someone who does that really well is like frank ocean blonde um a more modern uh recent take would be like igor like uh doesn't matter what the song how good the songs are but if it doesn't live in the world of like the album of igor or blonde like that doesn't translate you know like people people don't notice the the really tiny things but they notice the overall like it all builds up um i think if uh tyler dropped igor and one uh vocal on one song was quiet no one will talk about it but because it's all stylistically quiet that's when like okay he's actually trying to like translate something over to us that we're like maybe we're not thinking about which is fuel the instrumentals more like you know exactly and I, I think not a lot of people talk about how important it is to have the mixes and the masters so similar on each song because again it'll build that world yeah. throughout the album when they're similar it's like because if you listen to blonde there's so many different genres on that album if they were all mixed completely different it wouldn't sound right it sounded yeah. like everything was just thrown randomly yeah and, and but just, it sounds just because, like, it's there. like yeah just because the mixes have to be this like cohesive doesn't mean the songs have to be like exactly um i think that's yeah a, 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 like at least if that's what you want to to portray like you, you can have a different fucking engineer every song but it's gonna sound not cohesive yeah it'll 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 start sounding more like a mixtape in a yeah. way but for yeah. me i really want to be free to be um cohesive Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all in packages, including $50 free slot play, VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929 at Arundel Mills. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. I definitely think it's cohesive, and I think there's also a beautiful contrast of the way you open the album with be free it's super it um it starts very lush with the strings mm. but then once everything comes in it's super in your face and yeah. it's all your friends and it sounds like the new zealand avengers just yeah. got together and we're like what's up like here we, we're back exactly that that's that's what i was um that that's like literally what my goal was like make a cypher song that's not corny that is the most intense um, and al- almost like experimental of the whole album. Um, like, all right, uh, we're going to start this album and like, I need my friend's help in person to like back me up, like, like, like the Avengers or whatever. And then the last song, they're all still there performing instruments, but it's just me and it's way more chill. You know, it's like the most relaxed song in the album. So that contrast was definitely intentional. And it when you listen to the album from start to finish and then you let it play again darling and be free go together so perfectly when you restart the album because the strings that appear on the song be free appear throughout darling but they're a little bit more tucked in the back yeah but it gives your ear without knowing that cohesiveness so once it starts again you're like i'm back in this world i'm just at the beginning of the movie yeah, exactly. And all the ideas from the different songs are very their own thing. It's more about those little nuances that connect them, like drum sounds, like, you know, I could name a bunch, like the whistles throughout the album, the synth tones, the new kind of war ad-libs at the end of OK Baby. In fact, OK Baby, the first chords are new kind of war, just like pitched up. Um, the... 6-8 breakdown of mask off is this exact same drum sounds as the be free drum sounds um stuff like that that people may not be like oh there it is again but they're they're like they they hear it and, and it, it ties it all back to one idea you know yeah and another technical thing that i just wanted to address while we're doing the podcast that like blew my mind i think 
I forgot which song it's on, but it's when it's when Luke comes in, stupid rich kid, and yeah. is I don't know if is he on tapestry? Kinda yeah, he, he, he's, on ta- he's on the tapestry. Yeah, that's like my you, that's like my favorite dude, part. You did the craziest thing. I hope people notice that because it was like it was only like two bars of this one out there chord. Yeah, that made it sound super hard, like a trap song. Yeah, but then the way it blended into the next chord, it went right back into the song. Yeah, yeah, it's like okay, let me like reel you out for a little bit, like you know, make the eight oh eights more distorted, add distorted guitar, and then resolve it really hard and quick. Pause, but like you know, um, and then it's it's back to the hook. You know, that's that's like my favorite shit. That that part when I heard it, cause. I don't think you added that till later. And yeah, yeah, that was the um, that chord is like super important to me because I remember learning guitar and I heard this one chord, um, I would probably like "Foxy Lady" by Jimi Hendrix, and that's like the Jimi Hendrix chord. Um, so that was the Jimi Hendrix chord, like making it was- sound super like rock and out, uh, you know, adding this like minor nine and a bunch of major seven chords. Sorry to get you know whatever, but no, I'm I'm su- we we both know I'm super into that. Um, but um, but yeah, that that was like that was definitely a favorite moment. Um, yeah, that that part stands out to me a lot. Like that, I think, I think when people are really gonna enjoy this album when they're like us, like yeah. they're the the kids that are super into like every detail. They need to know everything about the song and they need to hear every detail like people like that are going to appreciate this album because it's there's just so many things in there that are so technically that blew my mind and just watching you level up as a musician yeah like when i met you for misunderstood i always i already thought you were like a crazy musician because i was first learning how to produce when we first met and i dude i was playing like triad chords that's all i knew how to play it was it was and then you were doing these crazy like major seven chords and um you would call me about these crazy like neo soul voicings (laughs) that you found on youtube and i'd hear i'm like how is he doing this (laughs) but um and now with this album it's just you like you have that potential now like you have that knowledge and it's just you using those repetitions of like two years since yeah. misunderstood and finally just putting them there. Yeah. Cause it's like the chords on be free. There's nothing too crazy, but it's, it's all about how you use them and mm-hmm. like things that um, I was talking to James Starrington about this Starrington and he we were sort of uh, talking about where our happy place is with chords. And like, for me, I love the resolve and I love the really nice harmonically open place where melodies can go everywhere. Whereas him and his brother are like real big jazz heads. So they're all about the, um, the dissonance and the, the mm-hmm. wonky chords that eventually go somewhere. So yeah. I'll play them a song and be like, all right, like here's like the sort of weird intro. And they're like, yo, this is so sick. And then it drops into my favorite part, which is like the, the resolve, the really nice sweet um, like breakdown. And they'll be like, damn that intro was sick though so it's like Mm -hmm. um you see what they like yeah and but you can't have one without the other um um exactly like the chord that provides the tension within the chords the sweet chord after that chord isn't going to sound so sweet without the tension yeah it's it's super it's, it's super simple like not even trying to name drop at all um but when i was working with Jay on Iris and Tyler was in the studio. We were talking about like song structuring. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was, uh, we're talking about Chateau, like the, the Rocky feature. Um, yeah. And I remember Tyler was like, yo, like these songs hit, but you need to have times where there's just nothing going on so that when it does hit, you, you feel it, you know, you can't have heavy bass the whole time. Yeah. It might be hard, but nothing is as hard. Um, as it is without the parts that aren't, you know, it's all about that. Um, giving, giving people what they want and then taking it away from them. Exactly. It's it's kind of like, it's kind of like how say there's a really big, 
bass drop coming in a song, if you slowly take away all the low end without the listener knowing before that bass drop, that bass drop's going to sound way bigger than it actually is because there was no low end for your ear until that came. And people people think they don't notice it, but but they definitely do. Like I, I've gotten a lot of compliments about like the Iris production on like a beat like again, um, mm-hmm. and that beat is cool to me. Um, but it's less about like oh like what hi hat sound or whatever it is. But it's for me it was like taking a because I mean that synth melody I played is just like I looped it the whole way through, um, pretty much. But it's all about structuring like in the verses. Let's take out all the 808s and like all the low end and let's add like crunchy like live drums. And then it's like moments like that that I think make um, songs exciting. That's why you have like a future song that's like the same beat looped the whole time. Maybe a synth melody goes up or down an octave, but that doesn't like excite me or make me feel like this structure, you know, just because someone sings the lyrics again doesn't mean it feels like a chorus to me. Exactly. And I think one thing, one of the best things I've learned for production is just like what you're saying, instead of have like, like what you're saying, you had the same melody looping the whole song. But if you change little tiny things throughout the song, you can keep those things going the whole song. But if you even if you just change, like, say, for eight bars, there's the same loop the kick pattern and then the next eight bars you change that kick pattern slightly so it's not jarring and doesn't fuck up whoever's trying to record on it doesn't fuck up their timing yeah but it when it comes in it changes the dynamic of the song a little bit so you're just still you're not getting numb to it yeah it's all it's all dynamics man like all it is now is like it's like all right let's have like a synth melody that's like half timed and pitched down you know an octave and then the beat drops or there's like a producer tag and then all oh, the synth melodies like up an octave and there's hi-hats and, and snares and it's like that's not fun to me like it's cool but um for me production that stands out that's like makes me feel like okay this is like a, an idea that's like someone's put effort into um there's it, so much more than that um wonder girl is a really good example of like mainstream trap production that isn't fucking boring shit and it sounds immaculate because ridiculous. the extra effort goes into it yeah ridiculous um yeah. i think there there's a time and place for like the those producers but um for me i, I can't I, I can never make trap forever like um it's just so much more than that there's so much more than like 16th note hi-hats And I think, I think that's like, like, it's not even a problem with trap. It's just like, I, I think like the reason trap got so big for hip hop is because it was different when it came in. Like people were like, whoa, this is different. And I think it's time for trap to stay trap. But again, like you're saying, someone needs to come in and refresh it a little bit and just give it that extra, extra love it deserves. Dude, like everyone's using the same 808 sounds. Everyone's using like everything is so boring. And um, I saw Kenny Beats having an argument on Twitter, like, oh, to all the producers that say like, oh, like fuck you if, if you use loops. And he was like justifying loops. And it's like, no, like I, I get it, but um, like <laughs> there's this such a big difference between sampling and looping. And like, yeah, I I agree. Like we need there needs to be some like refresh. It, um, I just yeah that's a good point you bring I just had I didn't mean to cut you off that's my that's bad good. but um me and Wonderlust were having a conversation on the last podcast about um sampling and like loops and we were saying how if you're taking a loop say you just have a splice account and mm-hmm. you just you take the drum loop and you just drag it in and that's all you do to it then that's just like it's half-assed and I think that's when people complain about looping but then there's the people who do the extra effort to like really take the time to manipulate it into something totally different and that's where sampling's important and cool and that's why it was so cool when it originated exactly and I think that's what like 
because I, I like Kenny Beats a lot, and I also see him doing this argument all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also a, a, um, a disconnect with some people that, like, I know Kenny's thing when he's always bringing up loops and stuff is he saying it's smarter because you're taking less time and if you're working with an artist, their attention span won't get killed. But then there's producers like you and I who are like, okay, but I don't think I want to be working with an artist if they can't, you know, like if they can't respect it. Well, like the thing is like, yeah, I make beats and I'm a producer, but I would never class myself as like a beat maker. Like I give mm-hmm. props to Kenny Beats because like he's a beat maker and there's other beat makers like being in the studio and people come with a laptop of like, all right, we got like 90 beats to show you. It's like, man, like I, I made like one or two ideas last night to show you. And like, yeah, that's it. And like, that's in my opinion, to me, how I won in like those iris sessions like not that it's competition but i landed those ideas because they're ideas they're not just like all right i had this sick loop and i'm gonna add like maybe like a halftime drum beat here or a different drum beat here and and name this beat this type beat or you know like mm-hmm. that's not what i want to do i want to be like um for me i'm here to help Jaden, but Jaden isn't like the most important thing to this song like for me, it's I need to be confident. Effort. Yeah, I need, yeah. I need to be confident in it. You know. Yeah, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like this is a really bad example, but it's like having guests over for dinner, and then just taking away the table from them. Like their <laughs> yeah. dinner's gonna be shit. So that's like the same. <laughs> like if you're giving a artist a beat, you half ass. Like the dinner's gonna be dog shit because yeah. you didn't try. You know, yeah. you have to try. <laughs> Yeah. No, I I get it. It's just like yeah. And that's no disrespect to people who do that. I think it's just like there's two different ways of looking at it. I think it's also like where you come from. Like for me, I wanted to be an artist so bad, but I only had the confidence to produce, so I sort of made my mark by being confident that I had produced to the best of my ability, whatever that may be. So now that like I am an artist and I have both of those skills, for me it's like okay, well I don't want to hear Jaden rapping over this fucking loop for like three minutes. Like I want to hear some sick moments, dynamics and changes and, you know, like add value. So I know that, um, I can say that, okay, I spent a month on this song and I'm really proud of it. You know? Yeah. And I think the important thing when you're working with an artist is like what you were saying, like giving them something that changes and stuff. But also, I've noticed this a lot, and I'm sure you have too. Say an artist comes to you, produce for them, and they send you a playlist, right, of mm-hmm. stuff they're inspired by. Yeah, It'll be super cool stuff that's like pretty out there, and you can tell a lot of effort went into it most of the time. Yeah. And I think it's sad when like the artist will come to someone – and they'll be like, hey, man, this is my what I'm inspired by. And then the producer just goes the fast route. Then the artist is like, okay, well, this beat's cool. I'm still going to record on it. And they kind of settle for it. Yeah, yeah. And, like, instead, just taking that extra time as a producer, maybe explain to the artist, like, hey, this, I'm going to send you an idea, but we can, like, we can change whatever you want. Yeah, and I've I've never sent a beat and been like, all right, that's it. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. all of those I don't know Iris beats, all of those Iris beats were like super rough, and we built them up and got feedback from Jaden and the engineers, and like, you know, made them into the song. Like for me, I don't, I, I don't want to provide a beat and then let let you know whatever they're doing happen. Like I want to be there for every step and like help craft a song like yes um for me this is so much more that goes into making a record than a beat and a vocal I th- yeah it's kind of like just to kind of give an example of stuff you've worked on where i could tell you have a big hand in it is like um blackout with Jaden. yeah um i remember hearing not to give you away i hope i don't get you in trouble for no, this no it's fine but I heard like a demo of it that you showed me and I was like, this is really cool. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah, like I played the guitar 
And then I remember hearing the song on the album. I'm like, whoa, like they actually they changed a bunch of this up. Yeah. And it was actually really cool to watch. I'm like, thank God, like it's it makes my heart feel warm when I know that the artist and the producer took the time and to change it up instead of just being like, all right, I laid the vocals on it. We're just going to send it out to get mixed. Yeah, I I can't stand that. Um, Yeah, I, I pride myself in the time that I spent on the songs I did. Um, there would be days where I would be with James Rim in Calabasas and would spend like four hours on two songs. Like, all right, what can we do to make this transition better and the structure and like, okay, this goes on for a little bit. What can we do to, to spice it up? You know? And that, that happened with every song I did. Um, yeah. And that, I think that's why you'll stand out and that's not even me just hyping you up. Like, cause we're friends, but I'm genuinely passionate about when people care. Like at the end of the day, it's all about caring. No matter what it is, if there's care there, it'll it'll win. Yeah, of course. It's like I'd be doing a a bunch of uh, interviews for the Be Free, like press or whatever. Um, And there's always like the question, like, what advice would you give to like producers or artists? And it's like you have to like. just like anything else you have to like actually work hard like i know mm-hmm. music is like creative and it's you know it's it's like a romantic idea to become an artist but you have to like unless you just like blow up on one song and you ha- and you have a bunch of money in the team you have to work hard to like get to where you want to get to like there's yeah. going to be times where you're busting your ass and nothing will happen um and like i'm still not even anywhere really so I can't testify that I'm better than anyone, but I can testify that I work harder than, than a lot of people. And I know you work really hard too. Everyone works hard that I'm like surrounded with. Um, and sorry, yeah. did I cut you off again? I'm no, no, I'm, no. I'm trying to get better at that. But, no, no, but, it's um, all good. I'm I'm terrible at it. But yeah, it's just like if you want to make a difference, you got to put in the effort. Because like the greats didn't half-ass it so like i don't think you get to half-ass it It probably sounds a bit too serious but i hope you get what i mean yep and i don't know it's just like it's weird how you have to have such a hard head but also you can't have a hard head at the same time (laughs) yeah like you have to have a hard head with this type of stuff or else you'll just people walk all over you yeah it's all it's all balance it's like um trusting yourself but trusting others that's why it's really important to surround yourself with people that you can trust to not like gas you up or give you trash feedback. Yep. And that's why I'm super grateful to have you. You're like, you're my biggest critic out of like, <laughs> I'm grateful for you too. Am I your yeah. biggest critic? Oh, God damn. You're, you are. Well, you, it's like, but you tell me stuff that has actually helped me a lot. And I hope, you realize that like when you say these things, I actually listen because I don't know if you even realize one time you told me, um, you were talking about, we were talking about dynamics within the song and I was showing you a song and you're like, you're always singing up here. So there's no dynamic. Yeah. Like, you know, I have a more of a chest voice when I sing, like, yeah, that's where my range is more comfortable. Yeah. And I was having a hard time doing the more breathy um, head voice to be kind of lower instead of right in people's faces. And you told me that, and I thought about it for a long time. And then on a lot of songs I've made recently, I've used that what you said. And I personally think it helped the song sound 10 times better because of that. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what to say, but that's tight. Like, I, I appreciate you listening. That's like... I I appreciate if you give feedback. Like, it's just like a mutual thing. Like you said, respect. Um, yeah. But no, it's just like feedback at, at the at the end of the day is just like an opinion. So exactly. it goes back to like what, what you want to do with that opinion. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's like um, a perfect example of where I think you're – feedback 100% saved the day was on my song by your side yes my favorite song of your album thank you dude and um originally for people listening that song was 
I changed the key on the new one because originally it was a key higher and mm-hmm. I was singing and it was drowned in auto-tune. Yeah, it was and, like a full auto-tune ballad. Yeah, and usually like Yuki and I are big auto-tune fans, but when I, I, I was talking to him how I was struggling with like it, the song just wasn't happening the way I wanted it to, so I, I showed yeah. him it. And he listened and he's like, I really like everything going on in the song, but I think if you took off the auto-tune, it would be like a really good song. And I was like, shit, man, the reason I had the auto-tune on there is because like I was having a hard time singing it. But then yeah. eventually months later, I think it was like four months later, I went back to the song. Yeah, it was a long and, time. Yeah, and I just changed the key. I dropped it down and then I sang it. And without the auto-tune, it sounded 10 times better. And without Yuki, like without feedback, that type of stuff wouldn't have happened. So that's a perfect example of why feedback is so important. I agree. It's just like, man, you have these really nice keys, like, and I know you can sing. Um, I was just like, figure it out, I guess, as like as harsh as that sounds. And then yeah. I, it's my favorite song in the album by far. It's really good. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was. I I don't think that song in general would have happened if we didn't met didn't meet because I wouldn't have gotten into like neo soul stuff and like those type of chord voicings because like they aren't super complicated chords at all, but they're just they're just a nice. little bit more yeah they're a little bit more happy and like they're they just sound brighter and without meeting you i don't think that influence would have rubbed off on me even if it's subconsciously well i'm I'm actually jealous of that song because um i think that song is really well paced and i remember finishing be free i was really scared of um having all the songs so in your face and intense that they were like unlistenable like like too all over the place and intense mm-hmm. um, i mean i got over that and i i know a lot of my new songs have more space but Biocide is like a really good example of like vocals, really nice gaps. You take it all in and then like, you know, I think that's like perfectly um, spaced out. Thank so. you, dude. That that means a lot. I appreciate it. That that song took months to get to yeah. be listenable. So, but I guess, damn, we've already been talking for an hour. Jesus. Um, but there's probably... There's probably one more thing on the album I want to touch on. Um, and it's kind of just, I noticed your writing changed. Mm-hmm. Like your writing style changed a lot from misunderstood to be free. Yeah. And thousand percent. I'm like, I am a huge song, like writer person. I'm, I care a lot about lyrics and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was listening to your album because I've been listening to it forever, but it, it kept changing. And I also didn't want to listen to the songs too much. So when it came out, I it didn't feel new. Yeah. So when it came out, I listened to it the first time and I admired the production. Second time I admired like the tiny little things. And the third time I started re-listening to what you were saying. Hmm. And it was just, it was crazy listening to it because I'm like, I can tell you matured a lot since misunderstood with your writing thousand percent i mean even on misunderstood i wasn't even really writing at that stage like i was just like i only had a few solo songs on misunderstood where it's just like my first debut it's just me you know so um definitely opened up a lot i i think that's like the route you should keep going in my opinion Thank like you. opening i like i like hearing that especially as an online friend because mm. being friends with someone when you're in different countries is a lot different than being friends with someone in person obviously yeah. but yeah. like i know things about you and we talk me and you haven't like um it's not like an everyday we talk thing. It's like we check up on each other every two weeks, maybe yeah. once a month. But when we talk, it's like a long talk. Yeah. And we just share stuff. And when I hear 
you talk about things that you've gone through, even if it's like not a specific, like you don't name specifics, but I hear things and I maybe got a gist of it in a conversation with you, but I never did. I never wanted to ask too much and then I can hear mm. the song. Well, like, it's kind of like reassuring to me as a friend. I'm like, at least he's writing about this. Yeah. And I mean, like I always, um, I like, I hate my writing, but I, I'm getting more confident with it now. Like, I think I'm jealous of of people that can construct really beautifully written songs. Like um, Maxwell's really, really good at writing stuff like that, like metaphors and lyrics and fancy words, and it, and it works for him. But for me, I can't like force myself to write like that. So I try to write in a way that's like super honest and like conversational and like straight to the point. Like I would just like tell you, but try to add some. Um, some backbone behind it whether it be like the instrumentation or like where it is in the song you know yeah and i think you're you're starting to come into your own writing style too which mm. i think is super important for artists because all my favorite artists have like a style of writing and yeah. it's super specific to them and i'm noticing with you it's like you're getting into the thing where it's it's playful and it's it's sassy at some points but it's also hidden in there is these actual things that yeah yeah if you know yuki then you know this is a real thing but if you're a listener maybe you could relate to it which i think yeah. is important definitely relatability is something i'm trying to get good at like drama queen was was really um i was really happy with that like being a relatable song that that's the perfect anthem for anybody in high school right now <laughs> yeah drama queen I, mm-hmm. I I hope that becomes a thing. Mm-hmm. But um, before we freaking drag this whole thing out too long, I think I'm just going to make it now like a, a routine thing on this podcast. I'm going to ask this for the last question every time. All right. What's your favorite plug-in right now? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> What is my favorite plug-in? Uh... I have three. Can I can I choose three? Yeah, that, that's um, fine. Um, the effect rack by Sound Toys. Like I never really used it. I don't know why. I just use like the individual modules, but that's really good. Good presets on there for vocal chains. Uh, Ozone Nine for like AI enhanced mastering is so easy. It's so good. Um, shouts out Isotope for hooking me up. Um, and this plugin called Bitspeak by sonic charge i think it's really weird it's like it got like a really gross install like process but um i think it's like an independently um mm. made plugin and it, it emulates like um like the super weird creepy hollow robot voices um and you can like change the sample rate actively in like your in the plugin to like make your vocal sound really fucked uh if you'll uh, if you're listening to this on your computer, look up um, uh, "How does this make you feel?" by Air. It's like A I R. It's this uh, French electronic duo, and like throughout the song, it's like instrumental, but there's this like robot voice. Like throughout it, it's really creepy. It's like that. It's really cool. Check it out. Shout I, out Bitspeak. I need to write that down as well because I'm super into that stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I, sound toys, all their stuff to me is just, was a game changer. So good. Yeah. So good. Um, I really, like, I want to get like sponsored by them or something, but like I already have all of the plugins, so I don't know what they would do. (laughs) Shout out, shout out Isotope for hooking Yuki up and then Yuki hooking his friends up, AKA. Yes. One of them was me, and I've been abusing. Yes. The, uh, I love Isotope. Shouts out there. Yeah, it, it helps a lot. But this was a successful second episode of Pretty Noise, and we talked about Be Free with Yuki. So, um, yes, sir. Yeah, please exit out of this right now, and hopefully you're in Spotify so you can rack up the streams on Be Free and go listen to that right now. Yes, because- we're going to beat the algorithm. 
Yes. Fuck the algorithm and fuck, fuck the algorithm. Playlisters. <laughs> fuck. Please add it to a playlist, man. Yes. Because playlisters right now are on some bullshit. Yes. But thank, thank you for having me. It. Sayonara. Peace out. The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for. And done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face. And done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.